Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Today's guest is Jennifer Stewart. Jennifer founded her company, Gateway Productivity, in 2016 to help clients better understand digital solutions through teaching, training, and organizing. Jennifer is based in St. Louis, Missouri. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sanjay. So I'm excited to have you here because I have lots of opinions on the things that you do, and they're all good. Uh, But before we start talking about what you do as a company, tell us kind of your background and what got you to where we are now. Sure. So I am, well, I'll start with a little bit of nuggets about me. So I'm a musician and I play the flute and I sing. And so I went into entertainment management in college. But as many of us do, I did not continue. And I had one job in that and then figured out it wasn't the right thing for me. Uh, So I moved into the financial management world and was in client service there. And I did that for about seven years and it was getting more and more corporate. And so from there, I just, it wasn't feeling right to me. I felt like I was not making a difference in anybody's lives. And so I decided at that point to start my own business. So that's a little bit about that background and why I went into business. Um, I can't believe you didn't stick with the flute because you could have been Lizzo. I mean... She, look at where she's gotten with the flute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. No, I, I actually, I wasn't in performance. I was the realistic person who had to put music with business. I see. So entertainment management, because I knew I did not want to go into performance. <laughs> but good for her, good for her. So, um, okay, tell me a little bit about Gateway Productivity and, and kind of why you decided to launch this. Sure. So Gateway Productivity is actually the second company that I had. And the first one was along the same lines. I actually started when I left that financial firm, I started a home organizing company. And within probably about six months, I figured out that that was not quite the right fit, which, you know, you started company, you got an LLC, you've got the whole deal. And I was like, oh no, what am I doing? And so I worked with a marketing coach. Uh-huh. And that was so helpful. And the marketing coach walked us through, you know, you can't sell what you don't love. And so that was where we started. And I was like, well, I don't quite love what I'm doing. So he had us go through what were all of our previous jobs and what did we love doing in those jobs? I always loved training people on computers and it was never in my job description. So then fast forward a little bit and I was like, okay, well, technology organizing. I could do technology organizing and training. And so that's what I was with that first company. 
And I actually had a colleague that's also in the organizing world. She sent me my first client and I just loved it. Uh And I knew that that was what I wanted to do from then on. So that was 2012. Um, And then in 2015, I closed that company to open Gateway Productivity. It was originally Gateway Organizers because we were doing business organizing. Got it. And there were three of us. There were two partners and myself. And what we had decided is we were all headed in that business organizing direction. One was doing things with startups. One was doing business organizing physical in the office. And then I was doing more of the digital or technology organizing, if you will. And so from there, it went into different iterations, gateway organized. Gateway organizing then became um, one less partner when one decided it wasn't for them and they wanted to do home organizing again. And then we lost. And then in, let's see, I guess that was 2019, switched the name Gateway Productivity. Uh So it was really starting to sound more like a business company uh, or a company that works with businesses. And so in 2020 is when I lost my second partner. because we knew this was coming. Uh, They were headed in the direction of ADHD coaching, which didn't really fit, again, with that business organizing or business productivity world. So uh, they split off in 2020, and I became a one-woman show again. And I was so scared of it, I have to tell you. But it turned out so well. I, again, worked with a different marketing coach at that time. Marketing coaches have just been my world. <laughs> um, I've worked with several of them. And so in 2020, I worked with one, went through an entire class on branding, rebranded in 2021, and I have stayed that ever since. And I just love it. it it's who yeah. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've now realized like, okay, with the flute, you could have been Lizzo. And then with the home organizing, you could have had a show on Netflix. Uh, but you've gone, yeah. you've gone deep on this, which I love, by the way, I, I said this at the top, yeah. um, because, uh, you know, I've got kids now. I used to be the tech support for everybody in the family. So my parents, my in-laws, mm-hmm. extended family, everybody, but man, once you have kids, they become the first tier tech support. And my responsibilities have gone down so much. So I very much appreciate people like you that teach people how to do tech uh, because it means people like me have to do a lot less work and be free, you know, less free IT support for those folks out there. So thank you very much for doing that. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, that's a lot of my clients, honestly, because either their kids have grown up and they're out of the house. And so they don't have that live in tech support <laughs> um, or their kids are like, no, I'm done. Mom, get somebody else to help. Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned there uh, that you were scared when you lost both of your partners to do this on your own. What, what was that that was making you nervous about being a one woman show? So being honest, my first company, when I closed it in 2015, was probably headed to be closed anyway. My, that was my accountant came to me and she said, um, if you're not showing more of a profit within the next year or two, you're going to have to close your company. And so my head went straight to failure, 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 you know, haven't done well in my company. And then all of a sudden, poof, two partners came out of nowhere, closed the company that was quote unquote a failure and then moved on to this new partnership. And so what my brain went immediately to in 2020, I mean, besides COVID, was... <laughs> <laughs> um, was 
oh, you're going to go back to being that one woman business failure person. And it took my, luckily my business partner that was leaving, as I said, as a coach. And so they spent the time to do a little coaching for me <laughs> and around how I had grown and gotten more successful and learned so many lessons and all this stuff. And so I had a lot of support from a lot of different people that helped me get over that fear and that, um, yeah, really the fear of going back to being a failure. And when I took that class and rebranded, it's only gone up since then. Yeah. So whatever everybody did for me worked. Yeah. Was, uh, so the previous company, was that the first time you'd done anything entrepreneurial or had there been things when you were a kid, yes. like hustling things or anything else like that? No. No, no, I'm definitely not that saleswoman. My uncle did that uh, from the stories I uh -huh. heard. He he would he would sell used roller skates <laughs> and all the other stuff. Um, so yeah, so he had an entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. and then my grand—I actually had it from all sides. It was wonderful because my grandfathers, both of them, had their own companies, oh, and then wow. my mom had a business partner and ran her own picture framing. Company. Yeah. Did you, did you work in any of these businesses, uh, the family businesses? Um, I did work for my mom. Just, I was the, uh, the help that cleaned things yeah. and stuff like that. I, I never sold anything or anything like that. Cause they were very much like a in-person talk to the client kind of situation. So I wasn't ever involved in any of yeah. that. Um, but yeah, oh yeah, I did the cleaning and I was doing that probably, oh, good grief. Probably when I was eight, <laughs> 10, something like that. Sounds about right. Uh, you know, like yeah. families do that on the farm when you're old enough to uh, get out in the field, you do that. Yeah. Same thing happens here when you're old enough to yeah. start helping out in the family business, you do it. Um, okay. So yeah. the, the, the current business that you had when you started with the two partners, um, how did that all come about? Were these people that you knew or did you approach them? Did they approach you? How did that all happen? Yeah. Great question. So I have been a part of the, and it's going to be a big mouthful, bear with me, National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. It is NAPO for short for everybody who knows it. And I've been a part of that ever since I started my very first, even before I started my first business. And so I've been in community with all of these colleagues that do similar things to me. And so it was two of those colleagues that came to me. And they, at the time, they said, oh, well, you know, we're both trying to focus on business Maybe we should all three go into together and really focus specifically on all the different aspects of business. Um, it really came up now that I think about it. I'm glad you asked that. I hadn't thought about this uh, this conversation. One of them was talking to me about, well, I keep trying to refer clients to you and they never pull the trigger and go work with you. And I said, well, the same thing's happening to me. I'm trying to refer them to you and they won't ever go work with you. So they, so we were like, well, why don't we become our own company? And then we just immediately move them into business, uh, into working with the other person because we have each other's calendars and, and it's a real smooth transition. Yeah. Did, did, is that what ended up playing out? So when you were together, then did clients yeah. actually move better? 
Absolutely. Uh, the first partner that broke off, not as much. Uh, she was in a completely different space um, doing work with startups and things like that. So it was a little different from what the other two of us were doing. Right. But yes, the two of us that originally had that conversation, yes, we were passing people back and forth smoothly. Not every client fit that mold, right. but a lot of them did. But it's interesting that that was the friction point that caused them to drop off. And just by solving that one little thing, because that, that's not the thing that you would expect, right? You would expect that it's mm -hmm. the cost of the service or something like that. Uh, it's just the, the scheduling piece or the, the handoff piece that was that was the problem. That's so interesting. Yeah. I will tell you, though, with uh, that person uh, was focusing on business coaching and business organizing. And typically people are in a place where it gets really bad in one realm or another. Uh -huh. And so they'll focus on, okay, my office is a mess. This is something I can visually see. And this is driving me crazy. So they'll take care of that. When it comes to the technology, often I will get the people that are at the point where they're losing emails, things like mm. that. But it doesn't usually flow quite as seamlessly as you would think, because once they've taken care of the thing that's visual, they may not want to continue working on the technology because they can deal with the technology. Or if they're really having a hard time with the technology, they don't want to deal with the office once they've now taken care of the technology. Right. So, but we were able to then have those conversations with them. Well, we have another partner that does this and then why it made sense for them specifically. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Let me ask you a question about uh, kind of this tail end of it. Um, when you ended up basically having to unwind the thing that got you starting. How did that go and how did you manage that process? Like, were you the three of you equal owners? Did you buy them out? Like, how did you manage to do this uh, in a way that made sense for all parties? Yeah. So, when the first partner left, which was about a year and a half after we had started the company, uh, that partner wanted to go do her own thing in home organizing again. And so that one didn't go quite as smoothly. I won't go into all the details, but uh, it wasn't quite as smooth. Um, she wanted a little more that we were trying to give her her client list and all of these different things to make it just real seamless and easy. And she wanted a little bit more than that. And so we had to work all that out. We did uh, have a lawyer involved in all of that and made sure that everybody at the very end was happy with what it was. And then she went off and she has a very successful company now. And so very happy for her in that. And then when my second partner left, I knew that one was coming because since they were moving in the direction of ADHD coaching, then it was just, we knew that it was coming at some point, right. um, but then some personal things happened. And so we had to cut it off quite a bit earlier than expected, probably like five or six months earlier than expected. Gosh. And so with that one, that was super easy because we're still the best of friends and we didn't even have to get any lawyers involved or, or just for the paperwork, really. Right. Um, because both of us were like, oh, I think you should have this. And the other person's like, oh, no, you keep it. And that kind of stuff. <laughs> and and so uh, that worked out really well. Just ended up uh, they got their 
what they put into the company back all of course they kept all their clients because they didn't make sense for me right um and so yeah everybody we were all very happy at the end of that as well yeah and um and i still support everything that they do and they again they also started their own company have a very successful um uh, company and podcast yeah uh so that's interesting you've been kind of on both ends of the mm-hmm. relationship uh, uh, breakup type of thing, right? One went really smooth and one went yes. less smooth, uh, a little bit more rough. Yeah. Do you feel like the one that went smooth because it went second, um, it was smoother because you both experienced the roughness of the first time? Possibly. And I think we were just more in tune with each other. As I said, we're still very good friends. Yeah. I'm an acquaintance with the other person, but we're not very close. Right. Um, but I've always been friends yeah. with the second person. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that was more than anything. But yes, we saw what went wrong the first time. <laughs> and absolutely, we were both on the same page about it. We were both mad about the same things. And so <laughs> it didn't go that way when we split. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Okay, let's talk about kind of health and wellness and stress. Um, you've now been through the whole gamut of stuff, right? Starting out with two partners uh, and even before, you know, doing it by yourself, but, you know, focusing on this time, two partners, then one partner, then no partners. Like, how have you managed the stress kind of through this whole experience and life cycle? Well, it's been a learning experience. Uh, Obviously, I teach productivity. And so there's a lot of tools that I teach that I have had to learn the hard way that I really needed to implement for myself. Um, And so I teach them with more vigor now because I know why they're there. Um, So the biggest one for me, and I, it's so funny because I was telling you before we started that I ran a four hour class this morning. And this is one of the big things that I taught is the big rocks, which is a Stephen Covey uh, concept. And the idea being that you take care of the big things that are important to you first, and then all the little things will trickle in and fill in the gaps. And it, it's a whole video that you can look up, but I won't go into any more with that. But I've always loved, I love this concept from the first time that I saw it. And that is how I now, I've gradually improved it over time. I was definitely not perfect to begin on this, but I've improved over time figuring out what those big rocks are for me. And especially my calendar tends to run my life for me. And that's just the way I work. And so the big rocks, the big important things to me go into the calendar first. And so those for me are time spent with friends and family, traveling with my husband, hobbies, things that bring me joy and refuel me go in the calendar first. And then I figure out where the clients go because that's definitely one of the next most important things for me. And then all the other business things fit in and fill the gaps and fill in the free time. And so that's how I like to run my calendar, which then runs how I do everything. Yeah, so that's interesting. So um, like looking forward at it then, Obviously, you might be scheduling clients and whatnot. So if something on the personal side comes in, 
then that takes priority and you reschedule all the clients. Is that the way you manage it? Um, it probably would be if it was some, uh, if, if it was an emergency. Okay. Now, if it was just something fun that came in, the client takes priority. Right. <clears throat> For me, it's typically what's on my calendar already takes priority unless it's an emergency. You know, if one of my parents got sick or something like of that, course. obviously I would rearrange everything to take care right. of that. But for the most part, all of my refueling things go on the calendar first, then clients go on the calendar yeah. and <clears throat> and then everything else from there. Right. And so that's how I kind of try to keep my sanity yeah. and keep that work-life balance, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Um, so talking about work-life balance, um, let's talk about setting mm -hmm. boundaries because uh, the business that you're in, people have problems with technology all the time, 24-7. Uh, so you could be on speed dial and being called all times of the day and night. How do you set boundaries between your clients and uh, let's just call it sanity and <laughs> not having to deal with all that yes. stuff? Yes, exactly. So um, most of the clients understand that I pretty much follow a business schedule Monday through Friday. And then most of my clients also understand, I say most because we can't say all, um, <laughs> but most of them understand that I am also a night owl. And so I don't tend to take any clients before 10 a.m. I will, if someone really needs it before then, I will shift things, but I won't go before nine. And yeah, it's just, it's the way I'm built. And so if I'm not going to be helpful to somebody early in the morning, I don't want to work with them early in the morning. <laughs> and sometimes I'm not up early in the morning. <laughs> so um, so yeah, that's that's one of the boundaries that I set. And they also, I have the conversation with my clients because of what I do. A lot of my clients have email overwhelm. So we have that conversation about what is your best form of uh mode of communication. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's texting, emailing, <clears throat> excuse me, mine is email. And a lot of them know that and they're fine with that. And so that's kind of another boundary that that inserts itself. I've had a few more clients lately that are very text-based and I'm still actually learning what my boundaries are going to be around that. Yeah. <laughs> because they are texting me, not at all hours of the night, but sometimes at really random times. Um, so I think some more communication with my clients is, is going to be called for there. But that's, that's the thing with any kind of boundary is just communicating those boundaries. Yeah. And, and then again, going back to the big rocks on my calendar, what's the most important, right. those are set in stone on my calendar. And so everything is, that's a boundary in and of itself yeah. that I've created. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I, like you, I'm a more of an emailer than I am a texter. Mm -hmm. Um, but with some recent newer innovations, um, like I love having texting in the browser synced to my phone, uh, through yes. Google messages. That's fantastic. Uh, it makes it a lot easier and, and having WhatsApp, uh, on the desktop and being able to kind of deal with it and having the whole history there. Um, it does definitely make it, um, a, a lot easier, but you do have that issue of like, you expect that instantaneous response. And to me, even when I send yeah. text messages, I'm like, you respond whenever it's, it's not urgent. If it's urgent, I'm calling you on the phone. Like I'm talking to you live. Exactly. Like, that's urgent. Everything yep. else is, is not urgent, um, uh, at this point, but exactly. It's interesting. Not everybody kind of views these mediums the same way as you and I do. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Many of my clients, it's it's text me or I'm not going to see right. it. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is that's new and different for, for me, for some <laughs> of my clients, so, because I have the, the whole range of clients. I have young clients that just never really learned digital organizing and <laughs> digital productivity. But then I have the older clients that just don't know how to use any of the digital stuff. And so they're the whole realm of co communication styles too. Right. Or most of your clients, do you uh, work with them online, in person, a mix of that? How, how is it? Yeah. It's almost a complete split right now. I actually do quite a bit of corporate training through third parties as well. And so I'm contracted to come in and, and do those trainings. Um, so it's it's a really good mix, probably a third of each. So a third of corporate, third that's in person, and then a third that's on Zoom. Yeah. Is, is there one that you find more fun than the others? Um, I always love the one-on-one. -on -one. The most, but honestly, in person or virtual, it doesn't matter. The one on one, yeah, just the fact that it's one on one, I can't do like back to back to back Zoom or Teams or whatever. I can't do all of those back to back to back. Um, so I probably can't do as many as I could as in person, but I, I definitely, if I'm working one on one with a client, that is what refuels me and makes me excited. And I love what I do. And so what's interesting is when you started this in 2016, um, it was probably all in person, right? Like the online was the, the virtual is not as much. Yes, that's, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it because I'm so in the virtual mindset now, but yes. So what happened is yes, we were very much in person for everything. And then 2020, just kind of kicked us in the pants and said, okay, time to go virtual. And that was actually also when I started my YouTube channel because I had always wanted it to do it. I knew it was something I needed to do. I needed to get online. I needed to be in front of a lot more people. And again, COVID and pandemic is what pushed me to get that done as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So uh, silver lining for you that uh, COVID and the pandemic happened because you were able to uh, kind of get those things going. Um, okay. Um, yes. So let's, let's talk about going back in time. You know, you've now been doing this okay. for, what is it? Seven years, right? Uh, seven years with this new company. Uh, in total with, yeah, with a new company in total, it's been about 12 years. 12 years. So lots of learnings, lots of time. Uh, if you could go back in time and do something differently, what would that be and why? I think the only thing that I would do differently is how I approach it. All of the choices I made, because I mean, you always hear this when people talk about going back in time, I would do all the same thing because it made me who I am today, right. which it, it's actually very true. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the partnership shirt was really hard when I lost one partner and then two partners. Um, and each of those transitions was very hard for me, but it made me stronger and I think it made my business better. So the, what I would change is knowing that I can be myself from day one. Mm. I was trying to fit a mold and I was trying to fit a mold that didn't really exist. So it was kind of like, I was trying to see what organizers were doing, but technology organizing or technology productivity and training didn't really exist as like a small business. It was usually big companies, tech companies that were doing trainings and things like that. And so I was trying to fit 
what I thought the mold should look mm -hmm. like. And I was trying to fit what other people were doing, colleagues that really weren't doing the same thing as me. And so I think that's why that first company didn't do very well because I wasn't being myself and being true <clears throat> to who I wanted to work with and what I wanted to do with them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay. Since you're a tech person helping people with productivity mm -hmm. and all this stuff, is there a technology or an app or system that you've implemented that you would recommend to everybody that they should absolutely use this one thing? Okay. So the very first thing I want to say as a productivity trainer is there is never a one size fits all. So that's the first thing I would point out. But 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 as the host, I get the option of, of making you say a one size fits all. So that's my prerogative. I, I will. I will. <laughs> I'll give. I'll give you a couple of. I'll give you a couple of things that I use. But I do want to preface it with: have your system first. Figure yeah. out what works for you. Have a plan, and know exactly what you need the technology or the app or whatever to do for you before you implement it. Because so many people are like, "Oh, the cool new app. I'm gonna." Right use it. And then they're like, well, it didn't work for me. I used it for a week and it didn't work for me. Well, it's because you didn't have a system in the first place. I've worked with several clients where they're like the next tool, the next tool, the next tool, but the system wasn't in place in the first place. Yeah. And so none of the tools will work yeah. if you don't have a good system. And so that's the first piece. But once you know what it is that you need and want and you have a plan for it, then you can start to look and see what apps fit the best. So I work in both the Microsoft realm, the Google realm, really all the realms. And so my favorites, um, I love task and to-do apps. And so for Microsoft and Google both, I like their task apps that they have. So in Microsoft, it's Microsoft to-do. And then in Google, it's Google Tasks. And I really like both of them. Okay. I tend to use Google Tasks more just because that's the program that my email runs through. But I really like both of those task programs. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Uh, I, I feel like I'm perpetually on the hunt for the task manager that works for me. Uh, and I think I've kind of narrowed down on the thing that works for me, but uh, which happens to be neither one of those, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, um, exactly. And everybody's different. And there's so many different things. The reason I like those two is just because they're simpler. Yeah. And so they don't have the bells and whistles that you have to learn. Right. And especially for my clients who are older, there's less that they have to deal with. Yeah. And, and that seems to be one of our challenges with technology, right? It's fine for people like you and I that are technical uh, and understand it. But I feel like I see a lot of apps and there's just so much. And Honestly, there's some apps and I, I can't figure this out. This is like too much. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know who this is targeted to because if I can't take the time and figure it out, who actually is out there? And so I, I think there's definitely a challenge with uh, things that are being built for consumers today and, and businesses today that um, it's just it's too much. Sometimes simpler would be yeah. better. Well, and sometimes what I'm tending to see more and more is very niche products, mm. which I think is good. Yeah. So if you fit this exact mold with all these different pieces, then this is the app for yeah. you. And again, I still hold to think about what your system is first, because right. your system may still may not match what theirs has, even though you fit their niche. Yeah, yeah that's great. Um, okay. Since you've done this now a couple of times, um, if you were talking to somebody who's thinking about taking the leap uh, and launching a small business like you, what advice would you give them? 
The advice that I would give is something that I've heard a lot lately, which is don't wait for it to be the perfect Mm -hmm. time because it's never going to be the perfect time. Um, You know, never the perfect time to have a kid. It's never the perfect time to buy a house. It's never the perfect time. It's never the perfect time to open your business and and like give it all of your time and energy. Um, If I caveat to that, though, I mean, you've got to make sure that it's going to be stable, especially if you're the person who's bringing in, paying all the bills and things like that. You've got to make sure realistically that it's going to work. But if you've done that work and you can see clearly that this business is going to be successful, just go for it. Yeah. Um, and the other piece to that that I was not very good about, and that the one of the reasons I think that first business wasn't doing as well, is ask for help. The biggest thing that entrepreneurs often try to do is do everything. Yep. And so you have to realize what your strengths are and maybe even do this before you would step out on your own and and leave that full-time job, figure out what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, focus on your strengths. If there's a weakness that you want to increase uh, and and get better on, um, then absolutely focus on that, but really focus on your strengths and then find people that can fill in the gaps for your weaknesses and get help from them, whether it's coaches or consultants or getting people to outsource with, that's that's what I would recommend is go ahead and try it. If something's not going well, then find the person who knows how to do it and hire them. Yeah, that is great advice. Uh, I often say too, uh, to founders or, or wannabe founders, that if this is something you wanna do, today is the best day to start doing a company, mm-hmm. right? Not tomorrow, today. Yes. And the only better day than today was yesterday. Um, so since yes. we can't do that, today would be the day. Um, Jennifer, this has been fantastic. Where can our listeners find and connect with you online? Sure. Um, my website is gatewayproductivity.com. And then the best way to connect with me, well, or to see more of me is my YouTube channel. And that's, I've got over a hundred free videos that are technology training from all different realms. I don't have a ton on Mac yet that's coming, uh, but I do have Microsoft, Google, all those different things. And then I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on today, Jennifer. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit Hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit Hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Pard. You can find out more about me at my website, sanjayparik.com.